Good afternoon and welcome to Susan Harmon Experience. She, uh, it's a beautiful day here in Arizona. What's the weather like there, Eric? Absolutely, positively gorgeous. We got another oh, sunny yay. day here in the Pacific Northwest and highs in the uh, lower 50s. So we are uh, really enjoying the fall this year. Yeah, it's really it's really nice here too. It's mid eighties, so yeah, it's a... <laughs> that sounds unpleasant to me. But enjoy. It, it's too cool for me to go swimming, but uh, it's it's nice. Anyway, having a having a beautiful day weather wise everywhere that I'm talking to anybody, which is really nice. Um, we have a guest that I just scheduled. Uh, gee, this morning, <laughs> because um, I have a friend, uh, Three Feathers, uh, Raquel, who uh, contacted me regarding some of the ceremonies uh, that Reuben George is involved with and uh, his organization and his people. And I just really felt since I was going to be talking about Standing Rock and some of the changes and, and supporting the indigenous people going through uh, Europe regarding the Amazon and, you know, how, why Standing Rock didn't just, it, it it wasn't one of those things that it just, something happened and then it's all over and forget about it. It, it started something huge. And people don't even understand that yet. But why that's important regarding uh, Reuben George, who's uh, going to be a guest here with me, is the fact that we had tribes that never uh, connected with each other that united over this. And the water protectors, stopping the pipelines and all this is something that is important to all of us, even if we're completely unaware of it. And Ruben, I know you're doing a lot of ceremony. You're doing some really powerful things, and you have held the line in in, in uh, Canada with uh, the tar sands oil. Yeah, yeah, we've been really successful in the work that we're doing. We, um, you know, First Nations here in Canada, in the last three and a half years, have won over 250 legal cases against resource extraction projects, and. Um, that's huge. 90%. Yeah. Unprecedented. I've never seen or heard of anything in my travels around the world doing this work that I do. The, the, the amount of victories that we mounted as First Nation people protecting our lands and waters and people. So it's, um, it's, it's really, the tides have shifted up here where um, industry can't do anything without the consent of First Nations along the lines of free prior informed consent, the United Nations Declaration on Indigenous Rights. So we're we're pretty we're pretty excited, but one of the things for Tisleewatis Nation is is um we we really we really believe in our law. The Canadian Constitution, Section thirty five, protects our indigenous rights. And um we use that, but we, we not only do we use that but we practice it. Um what I've been that's taught in the in the Canadian Constitution. Yes. It, it protects our indigenous rights, section thirty five. So um, my grandfather, my my uncle, my mother have all taught me to, you know, ceremony isn't just something that we practice and, you know, go to a couple hours a week. It's a way of life. So whether I was doing family therapy, which I did for over 14 years, or this environmental work I've been doing this last year, or, or working in business, I never compromise because we never compromise our business, our, our ceremonies. And, and that's how we work, and that's how we breed success. 
we did a 1,200-page assessment on, on, on the Kinder Morgan pipeline previously. Um, now it's called Trans Mountain Pipeline, but we did 1,200-page assessment based on Tisleewatooth Nation law, and that's the law of our culture and our spirituality. And then we did a, a, a spill analysis, a clean analysis. We have done an economic study, and we did an air quality study, all based on our law. <clears throat> so we took the facts... And we took um, um, Canada to court over not consulting us pre parental informed consent on the Kinder Morgan pipeline. So we took them to court and we won and we beat them. When we came out of court, I asked our lawyers, I said, how do we do on our five arguments? And they said, we will win two out of the five. There's eight, course, eight cases that came up against Canada. Each had five arguments. Six of the, first, six of the eight were First Nations. First Nations won every single one of their five arguments. And um, it was a landslide victory, which made it incapable of, of Kinder Morgan and Canada going to the Canadian Supreme Court. When it's well, a landslide like that, the Supreme Court would deny them. So what happened since then is Canada is the most sued country in all the world because of the former NAFTA agreement. <laughs> and um, what that means is um, when, when a company comes in and they're a foreign company from Texas and they say, we're going to build this pipeline, people like me come along and say, no, you're not. But they keep spending all this money. They spent $2.5 billion on it, and then, then we, we shut them down. So they could recoup that money from Canada and get paid back for the money that they put in. So instead of putting that money back to Kinder Morgan, they, Canada bought the pipeline for $4.5 billion, which is at the end of the day, which is going to come to $9 billion. So, so in the process of dealing with Kinder Morgan, we went to the National Energy Board and we, we, we testified and said, no, they're the governing body that gives the okay or not to applications for pipelines to be built. But it was a biased program. Stephen Kelly put in 20% of Kinder Morgan's application on behalf of Kinder Morgan and then was hired by Canada to work for the National Energy Board. So, so they're <laughs> reviewing themselves. So a conflict oh, of interest all over. And this is when they didn't own the pipeline. Now they own the pipeline, and it's and it's um, it's it's bad. So we're we're taking them to court again. So when we said we're going to take them to court, we went to the federal court of appeal. They accepted us, but they said you could only give evidence between um, June, beginning of June and end of August, um, in 2018. That's the only evidence we could give. But since then, we did a spill analysis and a whole bunch of other things. So we said that's wrong. So just this week. We filed to the Supreme Court of Canada for, for being unfair. And we're saying, you're not following your own laws, your own policies, to allow us to work within that law to, to go to court. And it's a conflict of interest, so we're suing you. And um, the higher we go in court in Canada, the, the better odds that we have in winning because the Canadian Constitution protects our Indigenous rights. But mind you, everything that we do around this we do ceremony. We do ceremony yes, I, around this. I, I, yeah, I totally agree with you. And I don't think I properly introduced you to the audience, uh, Ruben. Uh, Ruben George, what, what is the, your organization called? I know you're going to be doing ceremony in Seattle area as well, correct? Yeah. Well, my, we're, we're um, Tisleewatooth Nation. Yes. And, um, you know, you, you see tribes down there, but we're Tisleewatooth Nation. Um, yeah, the, I, I, I always say nations. Um, I, I don't like 
the whole tribe thing to me, it's nations. And I, I've been corrected before by other people that say, well, that we don't say first nations in the United States. They do that in Canada. And I say, well, I say first nations because that makes more sense to me. It does. Cause we're the first original people that have been here since time out of mind. And mm. we're many different nations. <laughs> so that's why I say, um, yeah, I totally agree with you. Yeah, and, and the, who, who I'm a manager of is a branch of Tisleewati Nation is Sacred Trust. So check it out, Sacred Trust. Sacred Trust. Sacred you, Trust. Can, you can look at our um, assessment of the Trans Mountain Pipeline. Um, working is, with is world, that on, world the, on your places. Facebook page or a website, or yeah. how do people find that, Sacred Trust? SacredTrust.com. Okay. Okay. And all perfect. the information that I'm talking about, you could request and we'll send it to you. And, uh, you know, we're... You know, not only that, we just didn't do the work that we're doing. I spoke at the Kinder Morgan AGM meeting. First, we spoke at Wall Street, and um, we got to be um, po- proxies for um, some of the company shareholders. And they said, because we explained to them that in Wall Street that people are dying. Yeah. And, and you know, Alberta tar sands, people are dying. Our, our people we know are there, and their families are dying. So they said, go, go share the story at the Kinder Morgan AGM. I did. A lot of the facts that I'm sharing with you, we explained at the Kinder Morgan AGM, their stock fell 60% after I spoke. Their, their dividends were cut by 74%. Richard Kinder and I got in a, well, he, I didn't argue. He started yelling at me. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, because they have a completely different view of the earth and our relationship with her than you and I do, or, you know, people who think as we do, we, we you know, we there's no sense of respect as what, what can I, what can I rape? What can I just grab and take and, and make a profit off of? And as though money was more real than air and water. You know, it's interesting, but what you just said is my elder said, okay, we're going to stop this pipeline. Now it's up to you to show them our law and yes. our laws are culture and our spirituality. And I was like, how am I going to do that and explain it to people that don't even understand that they carry a spirit within inside of themselves. And um, yeah, but I, we, we did we did it with our all our work we did. We did it and we brought it to court and we won. And um, well, it's funny, when, uh, i just tell you a funny story about Richard Kinder. When he started yelling at sure. me, and he's, he's telling me, go to Canada, go go to court, we'll see you in court. And, and I was like, and I turned around and I looked at all the shareholders behind me. And I said, you're business people. Make a smart business choice. I said, this pipeline's not happening. We're winning. If you're, you, you, you make smart business choices and, 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 and take your money out because it, it's, not, it's not working. I said a lot more than that, but then just narrowing right, it down. Right. But narrowing it down listen. to simple things they can understand. You're going to lose money. Yeah. yeah, and they listened, and um, their stock fell by 60%. Their dividends were cut by 74%. We spoke to two international banks to get them to divest. We, we um, just I spoke at United Nations. I started speaking, but my kids took over. My son Cedar George Parker and, and a whole bunch of allies stopped the pipeline and pour, or the tanker full of pipes that were being delivered to Canada. He stopped it for a couple of days with a whole bunch of allies just down in Portland down there. Um, a couple of days. I remember ago. that. Yeah, and my daughter as well. She's she's my son spoke his fifth time at the United Nations. My daughter the fourth time, just this summer. So they're. They're young, incredible. Uh, Cedar George Parker and Kaya George, they're just incredibly young. And so we spoke at United Nations. We got the international banks to divest. 
We did tours. We did science symposiums. We did economic conferences. Um, to the degree that Burnaby is a suburb of Vancouver that, um, you know, when we first started nine years ago, we held a town hall meeting and 13 people showed up. But we're diligent at what we did, you know, because when we started, um, some of my own family members thought we couldn't beat them. We're up against cities. The province of Alberta said they're going to sue us and stop us. Canada, we took them to court. Um, Kinder Morgan, a $350 billion company, over and over and over again, with Canada on their side, the law on their side, the police on their side, they said we couldn't stop them. And, and you know what? We did. We did. And sitting now, when that first town hall meeting, 13 people showed up. It got to the point that we educated people on the true facts of the destruction of causes and who it services. 71% of Burnaby residents supported Tisleywich Nation and Sue and Kinder Morgan in Canada for not consulting. So, you know, the, when the people are properly educated on food services, because we've proven it's not for jobs. We've no. proven it's not for our no. economy. Well, they, in the United we've States, proven. they're always saying about, well, it's got, these pipelines are bring jobs. Like, what jobs? They don't bring any jobs. And well, you know that, and that's the the old paradigm. That's the old paradigm. That's that that way. Well, we're gonna can you can, you need to give us permission to do this so that you can have jobs. And it simply has been a lie for a very long period of time. Uh, there's so many other ways. Human beings are very clever. We're we're a very intelligent species. And I know well, that's we, kind of a joke, but we can we can find ways to survive without destroying our planet. We've proven that. We, we are part yes. owners of the second best wind turbine company in Canada. We know for a fact that there's more jobs and there's almost twice as much more jobs in green energy than in a fossil fuel. Absolutely. You know, that's, that's, yeah, absolutely. The new green deal. Yep. Then they say it's for an economy. Iceland, people, other countries wouldn't lend them money to help them come out of their, 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 rece their recession. And now other countries want to go invest in them because of their green energy initiatives. Countries that took a green energy initiative, their, their economy took off. This is yep. the industry that scientists have shown over and over and over again. It's a dying industry. And it's the same people that have been running the country. Like I, I, Obama, when he got in, he found out he don't run nothing. Justin Trudeau, my mom, the first time around, my mom voted for him for the prime minister of Canada. And, and he made all these beautiful promises of what it's going to do and how it's going to create change. When he got in there, he, he figured out pretty quick, he don't run nothing. And it's the industry that runs, and that's what we got to change and wake up to. Yes, We've got absolutely. to really wake up to, to the blinders that they're putting on us and quit believing in what we're told. Just look outside your, your doors and windows of your houses, and you can see the world is changing. The weather's changing. Yes, it's yes. warm where it's supposed to be cold, and it's cold where it's supposed to be warm, and you got floods, and you got... All these crazy things happening. We don't create change. We're all screwed. And we can't. Yeah. Don't take my word for it. When I argued with them, um, when I met with the we were First Nation in Canada to meet with Trudeau when he first got elected in. And and, and we, I, when I came out of there, we went to a press conference and I said, don't take my word for it. And don't take their word for it. Do your own research and you'll find out the same facts as me. I didn't have to get environment, but I did because I wanted to create change. I was comfortable with the work that I was doing. I was successful in with the work I was doing. But once I found out that I had to do something for my future generation, I did, and we won, and we are winning. And I think people could do the same thing. You drink I water, think, it's your problem. 
You breathe air, that's your problem. Yeah. This is a problem that we need to address. Yeah, it's it's pretty simple. And I'm seeing how how it um the uni- the uniting of indigenous peoples around the planet, how that's shifting things. I, I'm seeing so much change. Um I think a lot of people they don't pay attention, but that's starting to change. And certainly the millennials, the younger people are paying attention to these things. Uh, the people in my generation, oh, it's so embarrassing. Uh, <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> you know? yeah. but uh, it, it is that you, we either change or we die. I mean, it's, this is really what we're talking about. This is our species. Um, we have to change this and people are starting to listen. I know that they went from the Amazon and, and all to Europe and, uh, you know, talking to them, look, you know, the Amazon's on fire. Uh, you know, all of these things are connected. All of this yeah. is, this, none of this is, it's not just this is happening over here or that's happening over there. It's all connected. You know, the, the black snake prophecy, you know, down through when you look at uh, the tributary rivers that go into the Mississippi and how that whole water system, you know, is all connected. And the, and the pipelines and how they're cutting through, going east, going west, going south, how, that, how that's all doing. And, you know, then you had um, in the United States, we had the cowboys and Indians, the ranchers. And the First Nations people coming together and unifying and saying, listen, we love the land. It may be for different reasons and all, but we love the land. And this is not not good for us. It's not healthy. Uh, You know, whether you have agreement or disagreement on other issues, one of the things that's unifying people is the environment, is the idea that we breathe the air and we drink the water. And uh, you can't and people aren't buying the lies that are being told. There's such a minority of people who buy the lies. They are the minority. I, I agree with you. And I, I traveled to a lot of the places you mentioned. I, I, I work with the people in Brazil. Um, I work with people in Panama and Central America, South America and in the United States. I've been to Australia, been to New Zealand, been to Southeast Asia, been to Europe. And, you know, um, and it's the same thing. I you brought up Standing Rock and the Cowboy and Indian Alliance. Mm-hmm. I was I was there helping to phys- facilitate that happen. Um, Phil Lane from Yankton Sioux and my auntie Faith Spotted Eagle from Yankton Sioux, Sioux, South Dakota. We came down with an international treaty to oppose tar sand projects, and uh, we brought together the Pawnee and the Lakota and the ranchers, and and you know it it turned into a, a, a big beautiful thing. And and not long after that, Standing Rock came along with it and some of the same people that are instrumental you know it's, it's funny when we, we we called them that we we said we need a new name for you guys and we said it's the new cia the cowboy and indian alliance and so it's, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that, that's that's true we, we are united and the prophecies mm-hmm. are coming about and they are changing and not only did i go to these places i prayed with those people i prayed in, in, the, in the deep 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 jungles and and Panama is a beautiful And that's the new warrior. That's that's the warrior who will win. Is the warrior that's in spirit. You know in in uh at Standing Rock when they said, "Oh, there, someone's bringing the pipe and the police are hollering, they've got a pipe bomb." It's like, "No, it's a sacred pipe." You know, to smoke for people. We our weapon is the truth. Our weapon yep. is the truth. Yep, and, and um and people said that they said you 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 can't beat this pipeline, and 
And um, and when we beat them the first time, um, they they said that they said said you won this um, David and Goliath fight, and I said yes, it was a David and Goliath fight. I said Kinder Morgan in Canada were too puny to stand up to the spirit of the display with two people. That's true. It's absolutely yeah, it true because it's it it and this is a, the this is the ancient ways and the new way. It's the new way. Because we had this period of time of hundreds of years of darkness, you know, and now it's the dawning of a new golden age. And we're at the very beginning of that. And we can do this. I know it looks darkest before the dawn. It looks dark. But I believe we can do this in the world, that we do have the time to do it if we stand up, each of us individually and together, and say, my heart is here with my mother. My heart is here with my brothers and sisters. My heart is here with my grandmothers and grandfathers and my uncles and my aunts. And my family is this over this entire planet. Those are my family. You are my family. You know, people that I've never met are my family. Yeah, I said that to um, the minister of, of Canada. I said, you know, because because. You're incapable of making choices for your own future generations. We will, we will create a better future for them, even though that you can't. But the reason why we're doing it is because you're part of the human race. And if you're part yes. of the human race, my, my teachings are to protect all. So I'm going to protect you from yourself and the, and the ridiculous decisions that you're making to end your, your, your own future generations. And um, it's true. <laughs> we did. Well, and until until people get that we are all one family, um, we are, <laughs> and and it's starting. I really believe this, Ruben. I really believe that it's shifting. I I really see that shifting. I see the energies getting stronger and stronger, and the love getting more powerful. I know that it's easy to say, "Oh, this bad thing is happening," or "This that bad thing is happening," but you know, change. Ha you know, what was the old Chinese curse was, may you live in interesting times, you know. <laughs> we're living, you know what I mean? We're, we're living in there and we're part of this shift and this change. And when you're down in the middle of mixing the batter together before you bake the cake, you know, it's like, oh, it's kind of messy. But once the cake is baked, you know, it's really tasty. Yeah, yeah that's for sure. And, um, you know, I... <clears throat> You know, it's funny because a lot of the people that I started this with 10 years ago, not many are still with me. Like, you know, they they get burnt out and they get tired. But yeah. one one thing that I do believe in is that's what I practice every single day is prayer. You know, my grandfather is Chief Dan George, and, and people knew him as actor and a poet, but he was he's a very spiritual person. And um, yes. he believed in the power of spirit and, and, and communicating to our ancestors and you know, I, I, I do have an intimate relationship with my own spirit, with my ancestors and, and, and my creator. And and um, and I practice ceremony every day. Like I left the ceremony now to be in this call and I'm on my way to uh, another ceremony right now. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm lucky enough that throughout my career, I've been able to incorporate the values of it. What I do, like when, when I, I opened up a youth treatment center, in my mid twenties, and um, I hired two elders. I mean, ten elders and two psychologists, and and we got this grant. And what we did is we, my grandfather, Chief Dan George, said, 
anything you learn in college and university about healing, there's a native teaching that says the same thing. So with that idea, with psychologists, I I looked at successful healing models, psychological models, and I took them and we translated them into native spiritual teaching. And then the same thing we did in environment. We we did a 1,200-page assessment based on our law. And that same thing in business, I don't compromise. You know, one of the things we tell people is, is, is when we sit down with potential business partners, we tell them the dark history that you're, you mentioned a little bit earlier of what happened with um, the genocide that happened to indigenous yes. people. My own stories, we, we at one time were 15,000 people wiped out to 13. And 90% of the indigenous population was wiped out. The, the, the average estimation that I hear is that at contact was 250 million First Nations. And and in North America, and yeah, and it was wiped out. It was wiped out. So there was a dark time, and we tell potential business partners to say, the reason why we want to make money is we want to create change. And right then and there, we'll know whether we'll, we will work with them or not. Because if they want to help create change, we'll work them. They don't care. We don't care to work with them. And it, and, and we're successful that way. We're you have to be successful we, by we, staying in your truth and in your spirit. Yeah, I exactly. mean they. The Incan prophecy is that they came out in the 1990s when uh, the eagle of the north meets the condor of the south. It will be the beginning of, it will end 500 years of darkness and be the dawning of a new golden age. And in 1991, the Peruvian condor was brought to California because the California condor was dying out and was released into the wild. So physically, the condor from the south could physically meet the eagle of the north in 1991. Yeah, and, and like Let's you see. Said, all over the world, and even for people in Europe, when I go there, you know, they're they're saying this was a dark era. I, yes. I had a blonde, blonde, blonde-haired, blue-eyed, blue-eyed elder talk to me and say, my people's culture and language and spirituality was taken away from us. And he's crying, yes. and it was, it was weird for me to hear because that's what happened to us. And he goes, but we're taking it back. I'm learning my culture. I'm learning my spirituality. And I heard that from people from Switzerland, from Ireland, yep. from, from Paris, from all these different places. But it's all over the world that there's an awakening happening. And the truth has to come out. You know, um, and, and I, I work with people my age and under that, that in their 40s that are now starting to be political leaders, um, business leaders, um, and all different types of leaders. But have a background of spirituality behind them. And and those are the same people that are creating change in North America. Like Absolutely. I find people like me in every province, in every state, in every area around the country, I find people like me who are educated, but also are spiritual. My yes. grandfather said that in his speech in, in 1970. He said, like the thunderbird of old, my people will rise up out of the sea grasp the instrument tools of the white man's ways and his success and still start building our society to be proud and powerful, being ruled in the house of law and ruling over our people and our lands and our waters because I, I'll see this come and it's happening. You know, it my is. grandfather's smiling down and it, it's, it's happening and, you know, and it's, and our allies are important too. It's, it's not just the first nation movement. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's the whole people, planet. People, yeah. People are waking up. And they yep. want something more. They want spirit in their life, and that's what's lacking. Mother Teresa said, at one end of the world, people are starving. That makes her really sad. I think you make a really good point because 
we can't exclude others because they look or speak differently than we do. Uh, no. When you talk about allies, I, you know, this is one of the things I'm always saying. Well, you're not a native. Um, well, I'm. I am still me. I'm still human, and I have, you know, my past, you know, has historical uh, pain as well. But do I stay in that pain? Do I do I try to defend indefensible actions? No. I need to say, look, this is what happened. This is where we are now, and where are we going? And we're, let's go there together. Yeah, and unfortunately, some of the pain is still happening. Like here in Canada, the murdered missing women. Oh, God, um, yes. The, the overpopulated in First Nations. And when I was in Brazil, I presented with two guys. And this was nine years ago. And um, they said, we're risking our life doing this. Yeah, I know. And so I didn't, uh, I didn't think most of it, but when I got home, two days later, I've been. I got home. They messaged me, and they were murdered. Yeah. In some places, it's still like that. It's still so suppressive that people can stand up and have freedom of speech. That we're lucky that we have. Yeah, another friend of mine made a documentary called Missing several years ago. I've had him on the show with that. Um, I know you have to go to ceremony pretty soon. And could yeah. you please um, just say something about the event coming up in Seattle for the people living there and, and anything else coming up that you'd like people to know about? I mean, I know I've really been enjoying our conversation, but I don't want to hold you, make you late for, you know, um, the ceremony that you're going to. Yeah, it's called Ten Cakes, not Pipelines. It's in Seattle. Um, I'm just looking up the date as I talk to you. But um, I encourage Seattle people to to come support it and come check it out. Um, I know it's on it's Facebook. On, it's on November 23rd. November 23rd. It's um, in Ballard at the Elk Lodge. And you okay, can look in it up Ballard. on Facebook. It's Pancakes Over Pipelines, pulled together. It's, it's a pull together. They're... They do a lot of fundraising for us, you know, to slay with your nation. I think we spent about oh yeah, with the Chalela. six point mm -hmm. five million in the last nine years, and whatever help we could get. Is, oh is my huge. goodness! Every yeah. dollar, you know, this is we're, we're not a wealthy nation, but um, our community voted that you know we spend a little bit of our resources that we had, and 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 put it into fighting this pipeline. So. You know, we could have put that money for clothes, food, a whole bunch of different things for what our community needs. But what they felt they needed more than anything else is to protect our lands and water. So and I encourage you, to the people and the listeners, to come out. The Pancakes Over Pipelines, that's a pull-together event to stop Transmountain Pipeline. And again, it's um, sat, uh, Saturday, November 23rd at 10 a.m. to 12. It's, it's, it's at the Bellard Elk Lodge. It's, um, please look it up. Um, pancakes over pipelines. Really, thank you for having me on your show, Sue, and thank all the beautiful people. I appreciate people that. And, and it's and, um, sending love and prayers to everybody. Thank you very much, Ruben. I appreciate it. Um, yes, you're speaking with Susan. Um, yep. <laughs> hate being called Sue. I always think okay. it's sort of like a boy named Sue. If you want to roll around the mud, the, the mud, the blood, the beer, call me Sue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So thanks, Ruben. I really appreciate you taking the time. I know you have ceremony coming up very quickly within the half hour and, and that you were willing to take this time to share your knowledge with my audience is so appreciated. Thank you. Everyone have a beautiful day.
Thank you, Ruben. Bye. Well, Eric, I think we're looking at taking a short break here. Um, it's been really great talking to uh, Reuben George. It was really amazing uh, talk. I would love to have talked to him longer, but I know he has to go to ceremony. We're going to come back right after the break. Um, stay tuned to Susan Harmon Experience. She on Alternative Talk Radio, because when we come back, we're going to talk about what are the costs that the fossil fuel industry, what's that costing us? What are what are the things, how do we better spend our resources in the United States in a way, and we're going to touch just a little bit on, on uh, will the impeachment trial happen? Uh, I have some, uh, some points that I think some people may not be aware of I want to discuss with that. So stay tuned for more scintillating conversation. I'm Gary Mance. I'm Suzanne Mitchell. We're a couple of baby boomers who bring you a talk radio mix of metaphysics and music, politics, and pop culture. And you never know which celebrity will join us for an interesting conversation. Mance and Mitchell is Boomer HQ, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on 1150 AM KKNW. Your home for alternative talk in Seattle and Western Washington. Susan Harmon is offering her skills as an intuitive counselor, medium, and energy healer via phone or Skype with her audience at a reduced rate of $40 for the first half hour. Susan listens to your guidance and gives what is needed for you in the present moment. Email Susan at SusanHarmon.com and put I love the Susan Harmon Hour in the subject line. This is a limited time offer, so set up your appointment by emailing Susan at SusanHarmon.com today. In March 2016, Melinda Rabine received the Right Now Today Humanitarian Award for her work on a film about domestic violence called Asylum, which was also awarded Best Narrative Short at the 2018 Cinema on the Bayou Film Festival. Now she's turned her talents to making a new documentary, Stories of Us, Camp Second Chance. In the process, she embedded herself in the camp during the snows of winter, spending Christmas there and returning for numerous visits since. Rabide shows the beauty and humanity of the homeless residents and builds a bridge of compassion in this compelling look at the common threads that bind us all. Interested in knowing more? Contact Melinda Rabine. Email melindarabine at gmail.com. No other station delivers this much variety. Alternative Talk 1150. That was really interesting what uh, Reuben George had to say. Um, you know, his grandfather actually was one of my favorite actors. Uh, you, you remember him in some of the movies. He did that one with Clint Eastwood, remember? He said, you can't sneak up on an Indian. Hmm. Do you remember that yeah. movie where, yeah, he they meet up in Oklahoma in Indian Territory and go on down to Texas? What I don't think I've, I don't think I've seen that one, but uh, well, Clint Eastwood had been a Confederate um, soldier, and he, you know, went west and right after the Civil War, and um, it was it was a it was a, it's so terrible not remember the name of the movie, and they 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 find this little ranch. He saves these people from Kansas who are Northerners, you know, that get attacked by the Comanchero. It, it was it was a cool movie. Anyway, I remember it. I remember lots of old movies. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so one of the things that I wanted to talk a little bit about that I found fascinating, because 
You know, one of the things that uh, uh, Moscow Mitch, I mean, um, Senator Mitch McConnell, uh, has done that has been very annoying uh, is not scheduling legislation to even get on the floor. And he has just done this. I mean, there's a little loophole that exists that I hope at some point they'll close. But so it just won't come to the floor to even discuss or take a vote on. Yeah. Um, And so someone was questioning, would um, he hold up an impeachment trial? If, you know, the House, if if the House votes to impeach, Mm -hmm. would he hold that up? Well, guess what I found out? Put it past him. Uh, He can't. Oh, okay. I did not know that. I found this out, which was fascinating because I don't think I think most people like me didn't realize that he can't do that. Hmm. So that won't stop him from trying. Oh no, he can't. <laughs> it's, in the, it's actually in the rules. Yeah, but the there's there's a lot of things that supposedly can't <laughs> be done, and yet we're seeing the uh, administration uh, do well, that. Like you and, can't and, obstruct justice, and yet. They're obstructing justice. You can't uh, ignore a subpoena from Congress, and yet they're ignoring subpoenas from Congress. Yeah, well, they can get arrested for that, too. Well, let's see it. Let's please, let's let's have some rule of law. Let's have, I totally agree with you, rule of law. So what I found interesting um, on the import, so what happens is if there's what they call an emergency, which would be a, a uh, impeachment trial that fall, falls under an emergency situation, it depends on which so- circuit the uh, the uh, uh, what do they call it the 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 under which circuit the emergency yeah the circumstance the circumstance happened under which circuit. Okay. And and because this this circumstance happened in D.C., mm-hmm. which is an impeachment, John Roberts, that's his circuit. Right. Not only is that his circus, he would be the circuit. one. I mean, cir- well, circus. In it, this it will case. be a circus no matter <laughs> what. The Can't circuit, that this day and age. He would be the uh, person who would schedule. In that case, it's scheduled by the Supreme Court justice whose circuit it is, right. not by okay. the, the head of the Senate. Hmm. That's fascinating, right? That is who does the scheduling. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but because he is the chief justice, John Roberts would be the uh, emergency justice for the D.C. Circuit, and he would be the presiding judge over the impeachment trial. So it would have not, none of the other members of the Supreme Court would have any say so. It would be the the uh, right. chief justice. So it's not only in his district, which is D.C., but it, he is the chief justice. So that is pretty fascinating. Mm-hmm. And John Roberts, whether I like him or don't like him, he does kind of pride himself on being above politics. And remember, he made a decision on health care that the conservatives were really upset about. Right. Uh, so he he has kind of proven himself to not be, you know... Completely partisan. Completely partisan, yeah. yeah. I, so I find... Now, isn't that fascinating? And doesn't that add a nice little spin to what's going on? It, it I mean, it, it does, but ultimately it's still down to the Senate to vote to... Uh, convict or not. 
Senate is a jury. Yeah. Senate then asks, but they can't have a phone with them. They can't have, they have to sit there and actually pay attention, which is going to be a really interesting thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But I find that, and then I wondered, because exactly, well, why is Mitch McConnell not arguing about uh, about the scheduling? Because he has no control over the scheduling in this case. Interesting. Interesting, isn't it? Some of my little research that I've done, I'm like, wow, (laughs) that's fascinating. I didn't know it, so I thought a lot of other people might not know it, and it might be an interesting thing to discuss today. So... Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, so far, the Republican position has been that, uh, you know, maybe this quid pro quo was maybe not a good (laughs) thing. It's troubling, but it's not impeachable. That's what they're arguing uh, Uh, now. And, you know, yeah, not true. I I agree. You know, it is completely impeachable. It's deep corruption. But... (laughs) But you know, ultimately, they control the Senate. So, you know, listen, if 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 almost having sex with your intern is an impeachable offense. Right. You know, almost having sex with your intern. And you're, you know, you're referring to the Clinton, Clinton impeachment. The Clinton impeachment. And Nixon of course, the, the argument was that. Well, I'm sorry. Go ahead. You go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. The argument was <laughs> the, 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 the arg- argument was yeah. his lie. His what, lie was the crime. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, lying about it. And I get that. I get that. You know, I I think it was something like 85% of the country didn't care. Right. You know, I I think, uh, you know, you could make the argument that he perjured himself. You could make the argument that he didn't perjure himself, as Clinton said. said, Because remember the infamous, well— it How depends do, do you on your definition of is. Yeah, it depends on your definition of sex. And you know what? There's some validity to that statement. Sure. Are you talking intercourse? Are right, you talking, right. you know, oral? Are you yeah. talking, what are you talking we about? We don't have to go into all the, well, I'm just the different saying. versions I'm just of saying. this. But, <laughs> saying. but yeah. What, what so, is your version of what constitutes having sex with someone? Right. But, but I think even if, uh, even if you agree that, even if you think that he perjured himself, I think most of the country felt like that that question should have never been asked in the first place because it didn't have anything to do with the investigation that was happening at the time, which was an inquiry into whether Whitewater was an actual thing. Exactly. And so, yeah. Yeah. And but with Nixon, there definitely was evidence. And yes. Nixon was not a stupid man. Right. No matter what else you can say, and he did a lot of good things as president. I wasn't a big Nixon supporter, but he, his his relationship, the things he did with China, he, you know, he did a lot of things. He wasn't like, like I said, he wasn't stupid. No. And and Wall that, Street. The funny uh, thing is, uh, nowadays he would have been considered a rhino, uh, yeah, you know, Republican exactly. in name only, in not name conservative only. enough, but by any means for the radical. Reactionary yeah. and Eisenhower the, the same way. Oh, they, no, he would have been a bla- blazing liberal to <laughs> right, these guys. Right. Yeah, like how did he get in the Republican Party? So you know the 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 other thing that uh, um, what was it? oh shoot I just forgot. Um, um, let's see where were we just before we st- went off on so, Nixon? Yeah, da, da, well, da, da, so da. the the question I guess is you know just how. It's going to shake out with the impeachment if they, you know, when the trial they happens. Will, they will bring articles of impeachment. 
Yes, to, I, I, be, I believe the House will do that. They have the votes. Right. They have the public support. But when this moves to that the Senate. That's what I was going to yeah. say. The, the public support was not there at all for Clinton to, to speak of. No. It was very, very low for Nixon. It is not so in this case. Oh, that's what I was going to say. The Wall Street Journal, which is not a liberal rag. Not a okay. stretch, no. No. The um, the editorial thing, what their, what their excuse was, he's just too stupid to have done this. <laughs> yeah, well, that is... <laughs> it's like, what? That's, that's what you're going with? He's too L- stupid? Lindsey Graham has made that argument as well. Uh, that uh, th- their policy towards Ukraine was incoherent, you know. It went, That's th- pretty coherent. They, Do us a favor. Exactly. It's pretty coherent. Yeah. <laughs> but so they're they're arguing now that you know that this administration is so in shambles they couldn't have actually committed a crime, which is like also what we oh saw with God. the the Mueller report with the obstruction of justice. He attempted to obstruct justice over and over and over, and over but people just didn't follow through because, you know, they figured, you know, that I'm not going to be part of this crime, A, and B, you know, this looks like super incompetence. So. Well, it is incompetence. I mean, there's yes. no but they're they're incompetent criminals. You know, when you're used to getting your way all the time, you don't have to be competent. Right. Um, you know, and and you can say just, any of the things. For instance, like just go because ahead. you you know trip over your shoes while you're robbing the bank doesn't mean <laughs> and you can't be arrested for robbing the bank. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So the it's like this ninety three trillion dollar. Uh, cost for the Green New Deal, which is complete fabrication. I mean, it's just absolutely not true. They don't bring in any of the, you know, the way things have changed. And you can't really come up with a figure unless you have policy. And the Green New Deal at this point is not policy. So it's uh, talking about changes and, you know, and how we do that, you know, that, uh, it's a series of proposals, basically. It's a, saying, exactly. Hey. It's a series of proposals. You can't quantify it without policy, and we don't have policy as yet. Right. So throwing this figure out that this will cost this is doesn't make any sense. And even I have to go after the hometown boy, um, uh, Microsoft, uh, there and say, uh, well, I don't mind spending $20 billion, but I don't want to spend $100 billion, you know. And, and I watched a show on YouTube. Don't know how good the guy's math is. So it's just off the wall here. So don't don't pin me to the wall on this one because I don't have right figures. He says the way he figures it, it would be about three billion dollars that that. What's his name would be paying, you know, Microsoft. uh, Bill Gates. Thank you, Bill. Bill Gates would be paying uh, not $20 billion. So if he could afford $20 billion, he could sure afford $3 billion. Sure. So not, you know, you're making figures out of the clear air. Sit down and, and talk. Uh, you're talking about if a wealth tax were... The wealth tax. That yeah, Warren a wealth tax, tax or the two-cent mm-hmm. uh, tax on billionaires uh, right. that uh, she is uh, proposing. Yeah. And it's not out of line at all. No, not so, by any stretch. No, we, yeah. we've got historic levels of economic inequality in this country, and we've got to make some changes. Otherwise, we're going to so have out of balance. Yeah. It's so out of things balance. are just going to get worse and worse. Yeah. And so 
Um, now, another person that I'm very fond of, and maybe some other people aren't, I don't care, Jane Fonda, who's, you know, I'm really tired of some of these Vietnam vets who, you know, say she did things that she didn't actually do. Anyway, um, she was on The View, and uh, I can't remember the other woman's name, Hostin or something. I forget what her name was. She was talking about she that all this Greener Deal is going to cost all this money. Same thing. The fossil fuel industry is subsidized to the tune of $16 billion a year. $16 billion we spend every year subsidizing an industry that makes record profits. Right. Let's take that $16 billion that we're given to the fossil fuel industry and use it towards the Green New Deal. And how about the the $600 billion in our bloated military spending that isn't we're not giving it our, our soldiers and our Marines and our sailors or, you know, our airmen or any of these people. We're not giving them more money, but they're spending more and more for weapons because the gun manufacturers want the money. That's where the bloat is in this. I mean, when, when the military says, we don't even, we don't want tanks. We don't need tanks. And they're building them anyway, right? $600 billion. What about, yeah. that would cover Medicare for all. That would cover education for all. I mean, we can better educate our country and our people. We are falling so far behind the rest of the planet right now in terms of health care and education and homes for everyone. This isn't the country that we say we are. We could be better than this. We sure. are better than this. You know, so and I looked at this last election. I was uh, rather uh, pleased with Virginia and Kentucky's uh, outcomes when they got rid of the. Uh, I, has he conceded yet, the governor of Kentucky? Uh, not as far as I know. Yeah, he's still not conceding. Yeah, uh, but he but he lost. He did, and uh, there's just no getting around it, and that does not bode well for Mitch McConnell. Yeah, I I think uh, the election results uh, from Tuesday can hopefully finally put to rest this idea that impeachment will be a good thing for the Trump administration and that this is going to rile up the base enough to to uh, have him reelected if he's impeached. I I think we can finally put that to bed. That's not going to happen. Well, his base wasn't that huge to begin with because exactly. when you have gerrymandering and you have keep people from voting and all of those things, you know, it's he, not a very big base to begin with. It's just cheating to get to get there. Right, right. So, you know, we may see some election interference, which may have him reelected. Uh, let's not rule that out. We should all be uh, be aware and pay attention. Be aware and pay and attention. Mm -hmm. But the fact is, he hasn't gained support. Since he won no, in 2016, lost. He's, he's, he's lost, lost support, support and he won farmers. by the just a razor thin margin, uh, you know, in the states that pushed in him the over the top in the electoral college. Three million yeah. people, three million people voted for and, and Clinton was not a good choice. I'm just saying you and I don't agree on this, but I was not a Clinton supporter. Uh, Bernie Sanders could have wiped up the floor with Donald Trump. I know we're almost out of time, but I had to get that in. Anyway, maybe. I'm looking. What? I say maybe. I'm, I want to rule well, it out. I, I No. But he is the most popular politician in the country. I don't know about that. <laughs> well, I do. 
I, and <laughs> I, I, I honestly, I don't think that's the truth. But, you know, it, who knows what could have happened? But the fact is that Clinton won by over three million more votes, votes uh, in right. a popular vote. And, and our system is not set up for the winner of the popular vote. It's set up for the winner of the Electoral College. Um, and that's not a good system. Yeah, it's, it's not a, really it's democratic. System. No, it's not. And, you know, if you have you vote for your governor, you don't decide which county, you know, gets a certain number of votes. Right. right. In a state, the whole state votes for a governor. The president represents all the people. You don't get to say, oh, well, these people in this state have more. Their vote counts more. I mean, it drives me crazy. And being in Washington state and they've already said what who won before I've even gotten to vote. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I mean, <laughs> it should be the all, whole country. All the people in the country decide who the president is, not just a chosen few. Exactly. And that's so easy to rig, so easy to rig. So we, we have to look at these things. There's so many positive things happening. I love the fact that um, Reuben George talked about, you know, coming from a spiritual base to do all of these things. And I think that's really important. I think that the fact that this show is about spirituality, it's about social justice. And those two things have to be linked. They really do. We have to come from our hearts and we have to come from our minds and we have to come from our souls and say, this entire planet is our family and we have to care about everybody. You know, just, oh, they're in the Amazon. Who cares about them? Oh, they're, you know, they're over there in Africa. Who cares about them? Or oh, Asians. Well, they're good at math. Do you know what I mean? We, we can't keep having those kind of attitudes. That's why, you know, last week we did the show. Uh, with someone who has very different political views than than mine, and I thought it was a good show. Yep. You know, it was so interesting. It, it was interesting. <laughs> we got about sixty seconds here, so we got to we got to reach out to everyone. But while we're reaching out and we're filling ourselves with love for everybody, there's something else we can do while we're doing that, and that, my friends, is to keep on dancing.